You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, this week, we are back in the construction industry with my mate, Carl Hardy-White construction manager giving us a good update about what is going on in the industry right now. We had a chat a couple of months ago giving that real background as to what has been happening over that last 12 months. Lots of change obviously happening with prices increasing about 25% at that point in time. I reckon we're up to about 40% in the last two years now, so an extra 15% since we chatted with Carl. But I'd love to hear it from the horse's mouth, and I'd love to hear what else is happening practically on the ground today. Carl, thanks for coming in, mate. Cheers for having me again, mate. Thanks. We're finishing up a triple X in Bassendine. It's taken a while, hasn't it? Oh, mate, it's it's been a challenge. Especially like a normal build, you'll face things that you unforeseen anyway, but then you throw in all the material delays, labor delays, Everything you can think of, just on top of it, and it just starts to compound. What I've noticed is that what should be taking about a month or six weeks is taking three or four months. Yep. And we're not talking the front end where we were, you know, thinking about slabs and bricks. We're now getting into the back end where we have our finishing trades, your paint, all your chippy stuff, your pavers. All those guys need to be available. What you've been telling me is that even those guys are getting really hard to find. Yeah, and then the, the thing is there's material issues as well. So, you know, each different trade often affects the next one. You need to get concrete work done before paving, etc. If you can't get that guy on that date, you might be able to get the paver the following week, for example, but then rebooking that grano, you'd be looking four to five weeks down the track. So it's very much there's a lot of dependencies sitting there. You yeah. could have four or five of the trades that are actually pretty free that made themselves available for you. One guy, I guess, doesn't come to the party or one oh, supplier. doesn't show up. Yeah, yep. you know, a whole bunch of timber doesn't show up. Everyone's sitting there waiting for weeks. Nothing's yep. happening on site. So as a client, you're driving past every day going, Carl, what are you doing? You, are, you know, How lazy can you get? Exactly That's right. not the case though, is it? No, nah, not at all. If you guys could see what we're pushing daily, if you exclude the weather alone, and you're getting just material and trade delays, that, even that's frustrating. And then you chuck the weather on top, and that's just another whole ball game. Then you've got the logistics that affect ours. You know, shipping trucks, they're short of people, and they're short of materials as well. So you know, it's just a massive snowball. One thing affects the next, and the next, and the next, and the next. And then, like you say, you as a client, for example, might drive past and see nothing happening. Behind that window that you're looking out of, there's a huge picture and system in the background that's all trying to interlock and it's just not happening that well at the moment it's just not happening it's just it's like we spoke about last time it's a perfect storm the industry is just not it you know it wasn't designed and prepared for this size of influx and not just us if it was just wa all good no worries but it's over east it's the world you're hearing the same thing over east yeah yeah definitely if they're probably worse than us they're trying to get a lot of the stuff that we get so you know, that's where the price increase is coming from. So then now you've got interstate companies buying our materials that we get. Bidding each other up yeah. on price. So then bang, that obviously then gets passed on to the client at some point where where possible. Well, it may not, right? So we're talking about a lot of builds that are halfway done, three quarters of the way done. You're trying to get in that tile, that stack of timber, the paving. You've already fixed your price with the client seven, eight months ago. How is that affecting the efficacy, the strength financially of building companies right now? You're hearing murmurs in the office of, geez, we're losing a bit of money on these jobs. I wouldn't say losing money on them, but the margins weren't great as it would have been anyway. So they're obviously going to be a lot smaller. Being a supervisor, we don't obviously see to the cent what's happening on site, but you get a bit of an idea. And yeah, obviously it's, it's hurting. You know, even down to garage doors, 
the cost of that's gone up, timber, uh, everything you can imagine, the price has gone up. So that money does have to come from somewhere. Sometimes it can from the client, like you said before, if it's at a certain point in the build, but after a certain point, the builder just has to absorb it. You know, and as you can imagine, as you've already seen, some of the bigger the bigger players at Perth have already suffered from it. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see another year, year and a half, two years time, when everything kind of settles where everyone's at financially. Who's, who's still around? Yeah, because a bigger you know a bigger group of companies can afford to absorb more than your Joe Blog building co down the road that might only do his handful of builds a year. Yeah, makes that's sense. That's a lot of money coming out of his back pocket. We're getting into Christmas time, and as always, we normally see tools down for about a month over december early january you don't really see it ramp up properly until february do you think it's gonna be the same this year or do you think a lot of trades gonna be making hay whilst the sun shines keeping on with that work borders still closed and trying to get a lot of that work done try to catch up a little bit yeah to a to a degree it bricklays there's work coming out of out of the pipe as long as they want really so some will work some won't work that's not as a given it's more so after that problem we're having now is roof timber so you can get the roof timber loaded, but until the day the timber's delivered, that's when we know what they're short. And the, the industry at the moment is short of 190 by 35, 170, 35, which is your main components, your hangers, your hips and whatnot. So there's just going to be a lot of jobs sitting around. It's all well and good for a carpenter to go and start it, but he can't finish it. And he goes to another job, starts it, can't finish it, goes to another job. You know, that's a lot of his time and money, a lot of extent open timber around for people to just go and take. Yeah, and that's Mistakes just, start to yeah. happen as well because they're coming back to exactly. jobs. Exactly, you know, they're traveling backwards and forwards. You can't progress because then you, we literally still, to this moment, sitting here talking to you now, don't have a date for certain timber coming into the state. Across the industry, not just for your jobs. Yeah, no, nah, across the industry as a whole. So then that makes the next part of it is how do you then book ahead? You know, how, do how do you book, you book your, your, your colorbonds? And yeah, yeah, and your colorbond. Then yeah, a few weeks ago, we had a colorbond shortage. I was, from I, the so ship. I heard this that exactly. we literally had no colorbond in the state a couple of weeks yep. ago. Was your, that the your main colors? Not every color, but your main ones are like your monument, your dune, your surf mist, like you know the the product ninety percent of the yeah. colors. Yep. None in WA. The ship got turned away. So then that goes you know, however long it takes to go reese and get unpacked and trucked over how do you then plan after that you know I mean, you can't even we can't even tell the client at some jobs when the roof's going to be going on so you get a delay for brickwork a delay for roof frame delay for roof cover you can start to see that those three main steps right there yeah can can be upwards of three months if not longer now there's just no way to tell what a doom and gloom do you see a light at the end of the tunnel what do we need to change for Carl to be able to come to me and say, look, Trent, I reckon we can get this built in six to seven months, like you would have said to me a year ago before all this happened. Now you're probably saying, look, you're lucky if you're at 12 months. That's a hard one at the moment. I'd say the whole industry just needs to get through that backlog. Obviously, there's still you know the bigger group builders that would have sold a lot of the first home buyer houses, grant jobs. That's still a lot of that in the system. So until a lot of those are built, you know, even little things like the borders opening up to get more... Labor, just labor people people force office staff laborers skilled trades until you can get a bit better balance of give and take materials everything like that it won't really resume and go back to what it was so we're probably looking at mid next year before you start to see some relief yeah. some breathing space there and hopefully by that point in time the global logistics space opens up a little bit more so you're not being held up by a timber supplier by color bond yeah. supply a steel as well is one of the yeah, big factors yeah, too. Yeah, it's huge. For a while there, to get your steel lintels for your brickwork, you're booking four to five weeks in advance and then still sometimes getting to that point and there's a delay with that. Even recently, handles, cabinetry handles, certain handles, 
this all comes January. out of China, right? Yeah, you're not finding out until the last second. So, like you spoke about before, then to then book the preceding things and preceding trades or jobs or items after that, it's near on impossible. But then you need to book them in somewhat in advance because they're already booked in advance. So mm. it's a juggling. I'm pretty. I like to think I'm alright at what to do, but it's uh it's a challenge. I reckon you could ask hundred different supervisors how they're going, and they'll say that some days you get home and it feels like you've achieved very little, if anything. It makes sense. Look, a lay client off the street would say, well, Carl, if you're missing some handles or you're missing some timber, why can't you just pop down to Bunnings and get it? I saw some at Bunnings last week. Because they're not the ones you've chosen, quite literally. You can, you might be able to get something similar, but the fact is you might, or there might not be enough for the whole house. Or you know, most people have chosen the handles, the cabinet doors, the tiles, the splash bags, everything to kind of complement each other or work with each other. So, you know, like this, we've had to get a client to reselect the tile profile and color. There's not one that is close to it. So now they've either got to choose to, like you say, go buy something completely different or order something different. Is is it an option? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where if you can come deleted, to the client yeah. and say, look, we're waiting six weeks for your handles right now. Yep. These ones are available in Perth right now. Let's get them. It's not going to cost you any more. Let's buy that. Are you having those conversations be a little bit proactive about problem yep. solving rather than just calling problems out without a solution? Yeah, definitely. Where there is a solution, we offer the solution, which is fine. A lot of suppliers, for example, like our appliances supplier, they will have one of the oven model that has been selected. They'll We've seen upgrade a lot of that. It. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, they'll upgrade it for free, no cost to the client. So things like that where there are suppliers coming to the table where we're able. And if, if it's a simple case of just go reselect the tile or go reselect the handle. So be it. We've just spoken about time frames. What about quality? Obviously, you run a tight ship on your jobs, but are you scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to trades? Are you finding that you're dealing with guys you never dealt with and you're seeing their work and you're not happy? Or genuinely, you're finding the quality is still holding up pretty well? I personally think the quality from this boom compared to the last ones I was involved with substantially different there's not as many cowboys there's not as many joe blog off the road just grabbing a ute and a mixer and going yeah i can lay bricks and you're just going yep yeah, do it the whole industry probably learned a bit from that don't get me wrong there probably there are still some getting around no doubt but what i'm seeing on site is a lot better than what used to be out there now don't get me wrong it won't be the same level as when it was quiet and you can get the best of the best but it is better now as you were saying before negatives and positives that's probably a positive, I believe. Building inspectors might see a little more. There's a lot more of them getting around. but I think the difference here is that last time there was a mix of quality because there were so many more people coming in without the experience. Yep. Whereas now it's more that the professionals you have in the industry, the ones that are there are the ones that have stuck around because they've had the work, because they've had the quality. Yep. And the ones that aren't there are the ones that have nicked off to the mines because they weren't passionate about their work. And because we haven't had the borders open, there isn't that ability to have that big influx of lower quality trades. All it's doing is putting more time pressure on the ones that are already here. Is that probably the reason? Exactly right. There's not guys just coming in from Ireland. You know, a lot of Irish workers, a lot of English workers from a lot of countries, that's just not coming. It's not here. Like say, a lot of good guys left industry. Some of them have seen the potential to make money for the next however long, two years, some of them would say, and they'll come back. A lot of younger guys that used to be newer brookies five, six, seven years ago in the last boom are now more experienced. So they've decided to come out and run their own team. So it's a lot more balanced than what they used to be. I've like seen say, a lot of that as well. Was... Just like where we saw nurses come back to do the help with the vaccines, we've actually seen a lot of retired brickies come back mm. just for this time frame look i can probably put my back out for another 12 <laughs> months because i'm getting paid for two and a half years worth of work and kill and absolutely kill the coin yeah and and again at the, you know i hate to say it but 
they have the monopoly at the moment as well. So you can choose how far you're going to drive. You can choose bigger jobs. Some teams want to do bigger jobs. Some guys want to do just smaller jobs. There's, there's quite a lot of bricklayers, two-man teams, one-man team getting around. And it, well, the yeah. reason for that is because they keep, get to keep the profit. Yeah, that, but most of them you'll ask and they'll go because it's too hard to find someone. Too hard to find someone that they can, again, rely on their, their quality of work, show up to work. It's, it's often too hard to get someone in and let them go and do what they got to do without having to double check everything and it costs them time, costs them money, so they rather just do it on their own. I think to... in a time frame a couple of years ago, a lot of building companies wouldn't have probably hired that one-man team because it will take too long to get the, the house built. Mm-hmm. But now they don't have that option. They'd rather have that experienced bricky who might take three weeks to build the house rather than one week just because that three weeks is going to be quicker than waiting six weeks for the team to come in and even start. Exactly right. And in in the scheme of things at the moment, back in those days, the last booms and prior to this, besides the, the bricklayer situation, you could you could book up a roof frame delivery and you know you could book it up within a week span, for example, when it would be there, the steels would be there. You didn't have these timeframes. So now I personally find having a slower bricklayer team can be beneficial a, it gives you enough time. As you each, each time you go to the job, you can be checking some things off. You can book your things in advance. If there's anything that needs to be fixed up or patched up or rectified by the end of the brickwork, you still have that bit of time frame until your timber's there, until your roof chippy starts. Whereas back in the day, it was just like, once the brickwork starts, it was go, 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 go. You can make things happen a lot quicker. So having the sole team. Again, a client can drive past. If there's a bricklayer there for four weeks and something's happening, they're happier than having the slab sit there for four weeks. So as long as it's ticking by, most people are pretty happy. Now, I hate presenting a problem without a solution. My thoughts would be that if we can understand where the real pressures are in our options, we can look to avoid those options. And what I mean by that is, is there a real supply pressure in pavers, overexposed aggregate of timber roofing rather than steel frame roofing, of tiles versus color bond roofing? of having a rendered maxi brick house versus more of a feature brick. Yeah, or face brick, for example, yeah. Exactly. Out of those options there and maybe some other options internally, are there some spaces where you can say, well, look, definitely right now I'd be choosing this option over the other to help maybe yeah, with you, the builder's yeah, time frame? That's actually, I like, I like that food for thought, actually. Yeah, predominantly the industry's, I would probably say, 90% colorborne roofs. So again, you could say, look, go back to maybe more tile, balance of tile, tin. I don't think there's a, a huge much cost difference from tin to tile and vice versa. But again, there's very little roof tiles in the industry now. So you might solve the product issue, but then you don't solve the labor issue. Um, I think personally at the moment, the industry is just a perfect storm. There's not one defining factor. You could push and pull here or there, but it's not going to make a huge difference. Mm. I think until we get... The borders open and you know air freight comes in labor comes in just the whole industry starts having more come in than what's going out it's, it's not going to have much reprieve from a financial standpoint there's a lot of things going out of the builders out of the supplies you know materials going out slabs going down brickwork getting finished but until those things get completely finished and the money starts coming back in it's all outlay there's not as much going in so and that's the risk that would lead builders to go under so the reason that builders go under is not because they lack work it's because they can't get work done quick enough to get paid with regards to cash flow yep. so you think about a company like Pindan, it's not that they didn't have work they didn't go under because they ran out of things to do they went under because the work that they agreed to do they couldn't get done get in the, the time frame in. to get the money back in to have exactly. cash flow but also at the cost 
that would leave them to not be paying for a job, if that makes sense, right? If they yep. if they said, I'll do this job for a million bucks, there's no way they could figure out with rising costs to do it for less than a million dollars. It was going to cost them more. Exactly. Right. And so they became insolvent and the cash flow wasn't there. So they were, what happens is building companies move money around, which they shouldn't be doing to try and cover their ass, pay tradies along the way. But when they eventually get to a point, just like Chinese Evergrande in China right now, who's got $400 billion of issues, right? They can't pay their staff. They can't pay their tradies and therefore houses don't get built they don't get paid for the next progress payment this is where the issue will be at some point where builder will sign a job up they'll probably spend twenty thirty thousand dollars for a job getting all the designs ready getting all the engineering done so they've sunk money there and what they need to do is get the house built so they can get their profit on the last payment it's essentially the last payments where they get their profit if it takes them a year and a half to get that house built it takes them a year and a half to actually make money on the job they've been covering for that whole time Yep. The first slab down payment, they're making a little bit off that. The brick payment, they're making a bit off that. And eventually, it's that last payment where they really make their profit. Their balance, yeah. If they haven't gotten to that point on 100 jobs, they're literally just running even. And if you can't pay your staff along the way, that's where you get called up into administration. Exactly. That's right. the risk we've got for our medium to small size businesses especially, yep. where from forces outside of their control... Like you've spoken about today, supply issues, labor issues. They can't actually get those invoices into the banks to get paid to them to finally turn a profit. Yep. That's the risk we run. Another solution that I've been thinking about recently, Carl, is different built forms on the walls, right? So we're all worried about the bricks and how long it takes to get these bricks up. What about those businesses that are offering timber construction? And I'm not just talking about the stuff that comes up really quick in the new land estates, but genuinely a good, strong timber house. And what about the option of a reverse brick veneer, for example? We still, to this day, don't seem to be taking seriously options that are not double brick. What are your thoughts there? Do you see any value proposition coming out of those two options or any other options? Yeah, they're definitely. it's funny you say because I actually heard the brick ad today for Austria and they're like, they request you build it to choose Austral bricks. They just, WA just loves their double brick. They were, we're all about it over here for some reason. We're not overly big at adaptability and changing, but there are builds that are now using the true core steel frames for the walls and the roof, which can be done a bit quicker. Again, the brick veneer, same thing. You can, you can do the brick veneer a lot quicker than actual brickwork. Eventually, they kind of all get to the same head point. No, there's not enough steel fixes to put the framework together. You still got to get the roof cover on. Yeah, you, you might you deviate from one issue, but you kind of come to another one at some point. But there are other options out there. Again, most people are just all about their double bricks. So mm. for the extra couple of months waiting yeah. you know, in this market, most people are going to choose the 40, 50 years of double brick. Yeah, exactly. You know, and nowadays there's a lot of the energy compliance that we've got to have. You know. You get your cavity insulation in there. You get your double glazing, all that. Some houses you go in, you don't even need aircon on because there's that much, you know, with the double brick that it, it does help. With your steel frame and all that type of stuff, it's it's not as energy efficient. There's a lot more that has to make it energy efficient. So you, you take something from here, you give something in there. It's kind of give and take, whatever you look at. It's, it's going to be interesting to see still to this day i don't know every builder surprisingly a lot of signs getting around that i haven't seen before so, i've noticed that too yeah and i'm thinking is you know, have you guys just unfortunately start up at the wrong time uh, you know you, you don't know every individual company's you know, cash flow the the net balance they've got sitting in the bank to cover it yeah and the end of the day the businesses that really make their money they don't make their money on an upswing right now they make the money on a downswing where they've signed fixed contracts for $300,000 where they might have 
had a $50,000 profit built into that. Yep. And it actually only ends up costing them $220,000. So that $50,000 turns into $80,000. As the curve starts going down, they can pay all their tradies less than they budgeted for in the meantime. But to get to that stage, they getting first have a, to get through this stage. Yeah, getting through the storm is exactly the paramount right. part. That's where we saw a lot of building companies in the last boom fall over and having other builders through building insurance have to then pick up the build halfway through and finish it off, which is not a position you want to be in as a client. No, definitely not. I, being in that position, I couldn't only imagine Built-On. I think Built-On went under. And yeah. anyway, I had friends at the building company that the group of companies that took over their homes. And I just couldn't imagine a base level being that person and the uncertainty of the whole situation. Well, imagine the being the site supervisor it. having oh. to pick a job up halfway and make sure you're finishing it From properly. another builder. From another builder. Different suppliers. You, you just... You know, it's, it's hard enough at, at a company you do work for when you, you might change area and you know you have to pick up some jobs in construction that you know, at least you're at the same company, you know the suppliers, you know everything. Doing it from a company-to-company company perspective would just be... Different processes. Unbelievable, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. You, you wouldn't know who's done what. The stormwater's half done. You've now got to get your guys in and figure out how much is left to be done. They've got to get paid. Yes, it would just be... So how will we mitigate that, my head. How are we making sure that we're building with a builder that's solvent and that will be solvent for the next 18 months? I think I'm no expert, but I would say size size matters as far as I'm, I'm aware of. You so know, stay big. Yeah. I, I, you know, you don't have to go the biggest, but companies that, you know, you have a little bit of research, your product reviews and things like that, companies that have been around longer have obviously weathered other storms. They've weathered other anomalies in the industry. They've weathered other events that have happened that have, you know, the job numbers were down for most builders, most groups of builders. Yeah, um, it was sitting at yeah. about a quarter of, of yeah. what the average was. It, was. it was. I can't remember the exact figures, but it was it was bugger all to put yeah. it to put it plainly. Yeah, and then it's sharply, then it's just gone bang. So for companies that can weather the high of the highs and then the low of low, and are still getting through it now and and producing good products is. Yeah, they're not it's that probably hard a good find. sign yeah. yeah yeah you can go and pick up a smaller builder that is newer more boutique for example but you're going to find less people that can word of mouth you know show you how good the house is give you story about the experience so yeah tried and tested is probably your best your best run at the moment i've always been a big fan of the long-term small builder so that small ethnic builder where they might do five to ten homes a year they manage their books really well. It's a family business. And what I've noticed from that as well is that even in times like this where the bricky price had gone from a dollar to $2.80, they've got loyal trades that are still happy to work for them for a dollar eighty because of the time frame they've been together. And across all those trades, that's just one example. Have you heard of those stories as well? Look, we, For example, we've got some really loyal trades. It goes so far though. If someone's just coming at you daily, and, and again, some of, the, some of the trades have to actually turn their phones off. Because they their phone just rings and rings and rings all day from trades from other builders and yeah other supervisors for example offering them just more money and at some point if you're on a certain rate and you just keep getting hounded all day for another rate and you're thinking why am I not yeah, answering the phone it, it's it's going to start to to lay the seeds in your head and going well the, the old grass isn't always greener saying you don't know until you go if you go you burn that bridge mm. you know essentially you burn that bridge with that builder or whoever you're working for. So like I say, there's smaller boutique ones that might have some family members, for example, they're less likely to jump. But until you know them or you know of them, it's, it is harder to figure out who who's in where in the industry. But I, I would say the safer bet at the moment would be the bigger builders. They can absorb more, they can handle more, 
designed to do more process more than a smaller builder so if you get in the right time with a smaller builder it could be could work out but we've heard stories of slabs sitting there for months four five six months getting caught in the system getting caught in essentially the process where the slab's going down for a building grant but there are a thousand other jobs to get through with that builder before yours starts it doesn't happen that often from my understanding with the small to medium guys who have got relationships and a much smaller pipeline to get through. Yeah, good call, good call. I'm, I'm interested to know at the moment how they're going with having to retain their trades because obviously you know, we, we had our pool and as, as this has progressed on in the industry, we've had to match rates with other builders or increase rates to, to get yeah, well, and right? things like that. So again, I couldn't speak from experience how it's going for some of those builders, but everyone's kind of in that same boat you know i'm sure if if i seen a boutique builder down the road and stopped in a brickwork was mint i was like mate and you know i'm offering a fair bit more at some point his loyalty is going to be tested it's going to be you know he's probably going to go back to their supervisor and go hey mate look i'm not you know i'm not putting you on the spot for more money but this is what i keep getting offered what can you do for me Mm. what can you offer me to kind of keep me keep me around size of jobs as well that's probably another thing some trades don't want to work on two stories you know they want to work on just single stories some guys want to work in more commercialized apartments and things everyone's got their their preference some guys just want to come in do the cookie cutters you know the carbon paste houses get in get out get your job done other guys like more of a challenge some guys want to do harder stuff they love their craft so again you know that's another superseding factor but fundamentally money talks so before we wrap up any last words from site supervisor extraordinaire Carl to everyone building right now or thinking about building? What's the theme right now? What's the message? Just patience, guys. Unfortunately, you can kick up and scream and yell and get upset all we want. We we are fully understanding position you're in. You know, rentals, pregnancies, children, the lot. But it doesn't make anything happen any quicker. You know, on a baseline, do the right thing for the COVID. Hopefully we can get back to some form of normality soon and then everything will follow. But yeah, other than that, just, just do your research. Again, it doesn't hurt to go around. If you're going to start to build, maybe hold off a little bit at the moment till it does ease. Otherwise, you know, you're probably just going to walk into delays like current clients are. So yeah, just patience. Um, it will get better. But yeah, just got to stand by the builder, I guess, that you're with. And hopefully they're, they're doing the right thing in the background like we are to, to get things moving for you. Carl Hardy-White, site supervisor. Thank you very much for coming in, mate. We'll chat soon with another update. And hopefully that update is one of a bit more efficiency, a bit less hair falling out, and uh, some fantastic results on the field. Hopefully. Thanks a lot for having me. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!